We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, and yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! Armand Ross St. Brown in the receiving end! Oh, they're rushing the field! They've done it! Three zeros on the clock! This game is over! It's over! Jared Goff to Armand Ross St. Brown! His first career touchdown! And how big is that? Oh my goodness! Have a day, boys! Have a day! Victory Screech! Blue Eye. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell. Tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goff. Yes. down Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkinson. Yes. They did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? <laughs> Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 214 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler. Join with my two guys, as always, Malcolm and Pierre. Pierre, I don't know why you are here right now, because I <laughs> said last episode that you are officially fired in the Lions lose a football game i mean you cannot join us we said we are not changing things until the lions lose everything stays the same malcolm somehow got him the link and i i don't know what happened this is out of control 
So if the Lions lose this week to the Denver Broncos, you know the reason why. Pierre's back on the show. So, uh, Pierre, how you doing, first of all? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Let's see, hold up. So, so apparently I was fired and then rehired. Is that, was that what happened? I didn't know you were rehired. I thought you were just fired. All right. I thought you were done. I, like, I, I thought this was over with and we're not changing tradition until something changes in the Lions lose a football game. Right. But I, I guess Malcolm did not agree to that. And I just so. want to put it out there that this is all Tyler's idea. I was trying to defend you, Pierre. I was saying uh, maybe he should, should have just watched the games. But Tyler was like, no, in general, he should not be on the show. No, was, everything, wow. everything, like, every everything that a Lions fan did this week, we're keeping the same. Like the same exact clothes I was wearing for that game is, is staying the same on Sunday. I'm not oh, changing wow. anything. I am that not happened. wearing a suit next Sunday. I'll say that right now. <laughs> oh, I was wearing a, I was wearing sweatpants. You know what it was? This was like the first time I did not wear a Lions shirt or Lions gear watching the game. I wore a Michigan shirt for the game. That's crazy. And, yeah. and, and, and this was and, a game and, that. This is a game that all year I haven't like really like dressed down. Like I usually like put on my whole Lions gear and watch the games. I didn't do it all year, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it this week. So I put on my whole Lions outfit, and damn it, they won. Man, I was the opposite. Like I'm always wearing something Lions related. If it's like a T-shirt, or something. I didn't wear anything. I just wore a Michigan T-shirt, and you know, it ended up working out. So, uh, absolute great weekend. A great weekend in sports, Michigan yes. football. Winning a Big Ten championship, heading to the college football playoffs. Me and Malcolm talked about that a little bit on Spotify, but just an absolute great moment for Michigan fans and just the great state of Michigan and then the Lions getting their first victory on Sunday. And that calls for a victory screech. <laughs> Malcolm, how are you doing today? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Come on, give me a victory screech. Give me a victory screech. Oh, I'm doing good. I can't I can't do it like you. I can't do the victory screech like you, but <laughs> Oh, I'm oh, whoa, oh, that is beyond me. I'm gonna leave that to you. I'm gonna leave that to you. You can victory screech the whole episode. Um, yeah, man, I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm still celebrating right now, man. I've been I've been in a good mood, man. If you follow me on Twitter, you probably watch the videos and all the stuff I've been posting, man. I'm hyped, man. I'm still hyped. I'm I'm loving it right now. If you don't know the Malcolm iconic video when we get a win, it's that one TikTok. <laughs> it's it's all sides. It's something you gotta watch. Like if me explaining it doesn't do justice to it, it's, it's something you gotta watch. And then there's just one part he's holding the sign where the guy, where the dad is like looking at the girl that just got accepted, like I don't know whatever university you got accepted to, whatever. And uh, he goes, no, like, no way. way. No, no, no way! You just got accepted, and Malcolm goes, "Yes, way, motherfucker! I got accepted. Yes, way, motherfucker! What a football game!" That was funny, man. Yeah, that's everybody's favorite part. Everybody loves that part. That is my favorite part. It gets me every single time, and it was just—it was great to see that video again because I never thought I was going to see it this year. Right? <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to be able to post it this year, man. I'm, yeah, I'm glad no. I was able to bring it out. Yeah, no, I mean, it's officially <clears throat> today. The day of this recording was the last time the Lions have won a victory. You know, outside of yesterday, obviously, this is the last time they won a football game. So, 365 yeah. days from this day before yesterday's yeah, game. It's tough. Yeah. But it's over because who's better than us, baby? The Lions are back. We're undefeated in December. Michigan football headed to the college football playoffs. We're back. Yeah. This is, this is good stuff, man. We're back. We're back. All right. Let's talk about this game now. Um, I want to start off with the head coach, uh, Dan Campbell. Malcolm, you rewatched the game, right? Yes, I did. Okay, you rewatched the game. I gave some praise to Dan Campbell yesterday. 
you gave yeah. some praise to Dan Campbell yesterday. But the media thought differently than us. They th- they thought a little differently than us. Uh, they didn't have the same perception, I feel like, as us. Uh, I'm going to go mainly by fans, and I feel like I heard a little bit on some talk show radio that a lot of just didn't think Dan Campbell was a good football game. Just curious, was it just maybe us being too excited in the moment of, or did, I, did Dan Campbell call a good football game? There, there was some calls in there that he shouldn't have did. The one fourth down he went for in, in the first quarter when we were like on our own forty, and where that that was a play where Jared Goff did the the QB sneak. I think that that was that was really premature for them to even try to attempt that on your side of the field. So that was a play that I wish that they, that they didn't do. I know he goes by the percentages and the analytics and stuff. That was one play I just wish that he didn't do because in that drive they gave a field goal. But if, if you look at it this way, if he would have punted the ball, more than likely we wouldn't have given up any points at all. So that was just three points that we pretty much handed to the Minnesota Vikings by feeling that that a fourth and one with the Jared Goff play. But everything else, I was pretty much okay with the setup except the other fourth down play. I wasn't, how can I say this? I wasn't mad of, of him going for it because I completely understand why he went for it. Um, I was mad that the play call was bad. I, I, I think the, the play action wasn't the best call. Um, if you're gonna, you know, be on fourth and one, I mean, sometimes you just gotta be play bully football. I mean, go big up front and hand the ball off to Jamal Williams. We don't get it from Jamal Williams, and it is what it is. But um, they try to do, they try to get cute, they try to do a play action. You know, we all saw the strip, the strip sack, and um, that's what happened there. But as far as I'm going for it, I think it was a gamble that that worked out in their favor because because they didn't get it. And Minnesota got the ball. If they would have punted, I'm gonna go back. If they would have punted the ball, there was four minutes left on the clock. There was a big chance the way Minnesota was moving the ball in the second half. There was a really big chance that the Detroit Lions wasn't gonna get the ball back. There was a drain clock, gone field goal range, kicked a field goal, won the game, it would have been over. Detroit Lions wouldn't have had a chance. Um, where they were on the field, you look at look at it this way. If you don't, if you get it, good. You get a first down. You you know keep the clock rolling. Your drive is going. If you don't get it, it was literally impossible time-wise for the Minnesota Vikings to run out the clock. So even if they scored or got a kick a field goal, you would have had the ball back to give your offense a chance to win yourself the game, which Dan Campbell did. So that was, I mean, just I, I like the way he did it. I like the way he did it, and I'm I'm okay with it. I just certain calls that I'm not I wasn't okay with like like, well, going, like the play action. Obviously, wasn't. yeah, obviously you're never gonna get a perfect game. Like that's just impossible. No. And yeah, like like from any coaching staff, you could look at Bill Belichick, Sean Payton. You're never gonna have a game where it goes out perfectly because if you're if you're just looking for perfect, you're gonna be miserable. You're never gonna have a perfect game plan. But I was specifically talking about that fourth and one play at the end of the game where. Uh, the Lions did play the did the play action. That was a Jared Goff strip sack, and I think you're right though. I you know I, I originally tweeted so this was the moment of this was my gut as the play was going on. My 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 initial reaction was it's a tough call. I, I literally tweeted this is a tough call. You're 0-10-1. You have an opportunity to get the first down. You're up two points right now, and you have the time or you have the opportunity to put the game away if you get this first down because then you could run off the clock and. Even if you don't get another first down, you could drain a lot of clock and give the Vikings a lot less opportunity, a lot less time to score a field goal if if it came down to that, whatever, right? Uh, but my initial re- reaction was I would punt the ball and trust my defense because I thought my defense was playing pretty well. But I think you bring up a good point, and, and as I think about it, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think 
the way that the defense was playing the second half and the way that Minnesota Vikings were kind of moving the ball, they were moving the ball a lot more easier in that second half than they were compared to that first half. That first half, I thought we were doing a very good job getting consistent pressure um, and, and just not letting up really much big plays and really much offense in general to the Vikings. But in that second half, they kind of figured out something. They, they went they went to feeding Justin Jefferson a little bit more. It came a little more of a tough problem for Amani Awori for Justin Jefferson. And they wouldn't they didn't need just a touchdown. They needed a field goal, just a field goal. So if you punt the ball away, you probably get a good punt from Jack Fox, hypothetically, and you probably pin them, we'll say, to their own 20-yard line. 20-yard uh, line, 15-yard line, best-case scenario, probably their own 10, right? I still think with all that time left and in the timeouts that they did have, you know, it, it could go either way. Your defense could get a stop or the Vikings could get in field goal range and then drain the whole clock out and then, you know, drain it all the way to zero, kick a game-winning field goal, and that, that's the game. And then the Lions lose off another heartbreaking, you know, um, moment where off a game-winning field goal. And I, I thought you brought up a good point yesterday too was – when the Lions have been put in situations, their defense, for say, in, in late game situations, they have struggled. You know, they're a young team, and the secondary sometimes just has some miscommunication. And I think with a guy like Justin Jefferson, it would have been pretty tough. Um, and, and with a smart quarterback like Kirk Cousins, you know, I, I think I look back at it, and I and I agree more with Dan Campbell, even though we didn't convert on the fourth and one, and. You know, I, I see where it was going. And it was a tough call either way, the moment of and, and you know, looking at it now. But I, I agree with you, you know, looking at it more. Because even if they do score, which they did, it gave yourself an opportunity. I think if you punted it and if you didn't get the stop, that's the game over. You're not even giving your offense another opportunity to score. So I agree with you. And I, I think the only thing I would change is obviously is the play call as well and of the play action because I just didn't really like that play. I think if they try to run the ball – and didn't get it, I would feel more comfortable with that. You know, if they trusted their offensive line and Jamal Williams, their big bowling running back, I'll be more comfortable if they get, if they didn't get it that way than the way that they didn't get it with the play action. So that's only my only critique there. But as far as the decision to go for it, I'm with you, Malcolm. I thought it was a good decision and I, I can't be just too disappointed. You're 0-10-1. You got to be aggressive. Your defense is really young right now and you had an offense that was – getting you know some steam going and they were getting hot too in that second half so i'm with you and i'm with dan campbell and that decision is with that but Pierre, i want to kick it off to you i know you didn't watch the full game but i know you want i know you know what i'm talking about right now in that specific play the fourth and one just curious i know you're an aggressive guy you love analytics the analytics say approve to go for that fourth and one so I feel like if I agree with this, I feel like Pierre's all in. So Pierre, I, I'm just curious. What's your this thought? is how I think about the play call first. But I actually like the play call. It just didn't work out. Hindsight is 20, 20, right? If they get a first down, everyone loves that play call. The reason why I love it is because Minnesota was without their starting linebackers. And the scouting report says Jamal Williams can run up the middle, most likely on fourth and one, right? So you go away from your tendencies and you call it play action. It just didn't work. I actually like the play call. They didn't execute. It didn't work. And Jared Goff was feeling it during that game. He was on fire. He was. He was on point. He was on target. Was. So I actually love the play call. It just didn't work out. The play didn't work. Okay. You think so about out, it. So, so take, take out the play call and just go to the decision of Dan Campbell before the play is even called. You like I'm, the decision. You know what I'm You know how I am on fourth downs. I like going it, for them. Yeah, and here's the thing also. Here's the thing. If you don't get it, you have a minute, 50, some seconds. In my head, I was saying, if they don't get it, just let Minnesota score a touchdown. That's what I was saying in my head because – at first, I was scared because regarding that play, though, I loved it. Um, I think you go for it. And if you don't get it, like you said, bro, just let Minnesota score. And you have, what, like a minute, some change left to 
march down the field. So I love that. Um, I don't know about that first quarter. I have a question for you guys. What was the score during that time? And what was like, was it fourth and one, fourth and two? It was amazing. It was amazing. You're talking about the first quarter or the first half? The one where you guys said that he went on it like three. Oh, like that. that was. He's talking about the golf sneak, like the quick snap. The golf sneak. The, the, was the score zero, zero or three, zero? Yeah, it wasn't. It was it was, it was it was really early in the it, first quarter. It was a one possession game. Okay. By, I'll talk. Yeah. I'll say this, Malcolm. We talked about this at Minnesota's high scoring offense, and we have to pull out all the tricks, right? You so, have to score points to win this game. Again, so, so, I'd go for it too in that case. In the first was, quarter, it, we were down six zero. It was six zero. It was six zero. Okay. The the thing is though, um, no, I don't, I don't think we were down six zero. We were down three zero. Sorry. Yeah, and then we I think it had to be, it had to be either three zero, it had to be either three zero or zero zero. Yeah, but the thing okay. is, was um, that drive. You know what? I think it was zero zero, and on that drive, they got the first field goal on that drive. Okay, I God, that's yeah, I mean, I, I, so, we weren't leading. We weren't leading at that point. Though. So what what happened is that um we're like on our own thirty five or order forty, and um they they decided to go for on fourth and one, and they they did the sneak and they didn't get it. Now hindsight, you know, you're thinking, yeah, Minnesota high powered offense, but they stopped Minnesota Vikings on the you know, the first drive and then the result of Minnesota Vikings kicking a field goal. So you think about it, if they kick the field, I mean, if they would have punted the ball and stopped on the first drive, you you don't give up three points. Yeah, so, but Malcolm, we also saw what they did in the second half. Minnesota went crazy in the second half. Yeah, but they, they completely shut okay. them out the first half. That That's the Sorry. thing. They completely... I know what I'm trying to say is like, though, you can't like go into a game thinking you're going to be aggressive and then be concerned. If your game plan was to be aggressive, you stick to your game plan. But so. you, you got to know when to be aggressive. You can't I think that's the right move. I, I mean, you I can't, like it. You can't be aggressive on your own. So this is the thing right now. I found the, yeah, I found you don't the get it. You, you don't get it. And now the, the, the team that you're saying is so explosive and so high-powered is already on your own 40, already on your own 35 yard. That's fine. We, we no, talked about this all the time, though. You're 0-10-1. You have nothing to lose. You go for it. We've talked so, about this on the show a lot. You just got to know, my thing, you got to know when to go for it. I think that, that decision right there is it's too early in the game. Is not there was nothing on the line. That that's fair. There I was mean, absolutely, there was absolutely nothing on the line. The score was zero zero. I guess we disagree on like the analytics stuff, but yeah, because fair. again, because look at this way, they didn't get it and they gave up three points. That's fine, but they only gave up three. It's not a problem. Yeah, I get that, but it could have been bad. But if they would have pointed the ball, they would have gave up zero. Okay, but hear me point. out. What if they got it though, right? Then there's then they're potentially still driving on the field. So you have to look at both sides too. Like hindsight's twenty twenty. If they if they got it, yeah, that would have been great. But they gave up three points for not converting, and that if they would have punted problem, it, if they, if, if they would have punted, they would have gave up zero points. I think that's a win for the defense though. They put them in bad field and they stopped them to the a defense, field goal. The defense won the whole first half. The defense they kept they gave up six two they gave up two field goals to the Minnesota Vikings. They only gave up eighteen yards on that drive where uh where Jared Goff was was short and turnover on down. So they only gave up eighteen they only had to get eighteen yards to get in field goal range. Yeah. But I'll be honest though, I don't like sneaking Goff. That's a play call I don't like. Yeah I know he was saying I know Campbell was saying that he he kind of do did it to throw him off because he has it he he had to run a sneak right. all I mean, year. A QB, a QB sneak should be easy, though. So I mean, they're going away like easy. they're going away from their tendencies, basically, because like we haven't really seen a play action on fourth and one or whatever, right? Because I just talked about that. Normally, they just run it up the middle with Swift, with Williams or something, or they do like a little screen pass that fails, right? This week they went with play action, so they did yeah. go a little away from their tendencies, which I like. I did like the second one, but the first one I don't like a quarterback sneak with Jared Goff. Yeah. 
just it's, it's all about situation football, man. And the thing is, you know how Jared Goff is when he's pressured. And then, guys, 99 percent of the time, if you're on fourth and one, the way they're lined up, Jared Goff is gonna get pressured if you did a play action. There's gonna be somebody in his face. Ninety-nine percent of the time, he's gonna get pressured. So now you're you're, you're asking Jared Goff to, you know, he's gonna get pressured. Now you're asking him to make a play. If they were gonna pass the ball, I would have rather them just three step back, drop, and throwing a quick pass. If they're gonna do it that way. But doing a play action when they, you know, the defense was playing, they're playing it. <laughs> so I mean, that that's just one call I, I didn't agree with. I mean, I agreed with the decision to go for it, but the play action, Jared Goff on the fourth and one, not ideal. The, the reason why I say that, Malcolm, is because they have backup linebackers in there, and I did watch like like a little of the thing. I went back to watch some of it. The linebackers were biting hard on play action. The Minnesota Vikings linebackers during the game. Yeah. So Campbell thought, okay. If we get these guys to buy hard, because the scouting report says most likely it's to run with Jamal Williams, right? I mean, most of the time, that's what we think it is, or it's a little dump off screen that goes nowhere. That's what they've been doing on fourth downs. So, okay, so Campbell's thinking, all right, let's do a fake run. Maybe linebackers could bite, and we'll have the middle of the field open. They did. Obviously. They did, they did, they did, they did bite. They just all they're like, oh, running back don't have the ball, get the quarterback. <laughs> and they all just ran to the quarterback. Yeah, and so um, I like the call, but it is what it is. Um, but I did notice something that we talked about on this show is Campbell needs to fix some of his issues and penalties were a big issue. And it looks like in the first half, they had zero penalties. I'm not mistaken. Right. Zero. Uh, did they have zero? Or did they have one? I know they had one. They, I know. I, know, they I, I, I know. Yeah. There was one at one point. I remember they were like the first penalty in a while from like either side. There was okay. a false start. They had two, they had two false starts. I think one happened in the first half and one happened in the second half. Okay. That, that's a big positive because last, the past few games, they've had like a million penalties. Detroit Lions football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, Tipic will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're headed to Denver to watch your Detroit Lions take on the Denver Broncos at Mile High Stadium, then TickPick got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash Pride Podcast today. Save $10 on your first order of your Detroit Lions tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Not literally, but you guys know what I mean. So yeah, I, I, want, I want to speak on penalties really quickly, and I know this didn't end up biting us in the ass, but... Jared Goff, as a veteran quarterback leading that last drive, has to be more aware. I mean, of the play clock. I mean, he had that stupid delay of game. Very yes. bad delay of game and a very, very bad moment in the game. Um, it went from a third and one to a third and six. End up converting it, so no harm. Well, there was a foul, so I can't say no harm, no foul, because there was a foul. But no harm, right? Uh, but right. It, that's a big situation. You're down it in the is. game. You need a touchdown. You can't lose yardage. And you had no timeouts left. So you cannot lose yardage. And to have a stupid penalty like that of a delay of game just because you weren't ready, that, that's just something that can't happen as a veteran quarterback. That's some stuff like yeah. a quarterback suffers with. But as a veteran quarterback leading a game-winning drive, I'm not going to go too deep into it because we ended up scoring and it didn't – like I said, there was no harm to it because we won the game. But as a veteran quarterback, that just cannot happen. Yeah, and on Wednesday, um, Malcolm and I, we actually talked about how they got to get their deep – passing game going somehow and we talked about play action how they don't really do that and this week they did that right so it seems like Campbell is learning from his mistakes and that's nice to see or he's kind of adapting as a play caller that mini bye week actually helped him out a little they did some things different some things didn't work some things did that's what happens and you move on to the next game so I did like that with Campbell he's evolving and he's learning and he's not stubborn he doesn't just stick to one thing like he's not like yeah. other coaches where if it doesn't work I'm still gonna do it and do it and do it and do it you're right no and that's very he changes that's and he adapts and that's what I like about him no you're right uh, that's very good and same with the defensive staff they do that every week they they have a new game plan every week doesn't matter what worked for them last week they're not gonna bring that same exact game plan you know they're gonna change it and they're gonna bring this they're gonna bring a game plan that they think that's gonna match up best with whatever team and they're going to put their players in whatever situation that they have to put their players in for right. that to happen to win. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree with you as far as the stubbornness. You know, he doesn't have that in him. And that, that's a very good trade in a head coach because that is something a lot of head coaches, and I would say a lot of, like, older head coaches have, they have that stubbornness in them. If, you know, it's worked in the past, I'm going to keep running it until it doesn't work. And then even if it doesn't work, we're going to still run it. And <clears throat> I'm, 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 I'm not here to call out names or anything, but there was a guy named by Matt uh, that that liked to do that a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, uh, no, overall, I mean, as far as the passing tag, I think it ultimately falls down to he put trust. It, it was a lot of trust into his quarterback and, and the players catching the ball, like his pass catchers, like, he actually dialed up plays where Jared Goff is going to take shots. And, you know, and that's a big kudo to the offensive line as well because the offensive line was giving Jared Goff a lot of time in the pocket uh, to make these multiple reads, which we just haven't seen in previous weeks, not from the offensive line standpoint, but from Jared Goff not making these reads and not taking these shots. But it looked like Dan Campbell put some trust into the play calling and Jared Goff, 
you know, with that time in the pocket, he, he took some trust too into his, his, uh, you know, his pass catchers and he took those shots and, you know, and sometimes it really worked well for this team. If it was going deep to TJ Hawkinson, uh, that one play to Brock, Wright, uh, some Amon Ross St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown had his breakout game. Uh, this was his coming out party in the NFL. It was, it was Jared Goff taking some shots and even Josh Reynolds being involved too in the offense. And I, I think that's a mixture of Jared Goff getting more comfortable with these guys and Dan Campbell actually dialing up the plays because I mentioned it yesterday in our, our Spotify. I don't think we saw one screen pass or one pass behind this line of scrimmage. It was all, you know, if they're going to pass the ball, we're going to pass it at least pass the line of scrimmage, which isn't a big ask, but they did do that this Sunday. And for the most part, it worked out. And that's all I asked for is effort in trying to, to try a pass game, try a, a deep air attack. I'm not saying it's going to work every time because you just don't have the personnel where it's going to work every time. But now that there's an actual effort and, you know, and it worked somewhat this Sunday, I hope that they could continue these, you know, finishing off the season um, and just see how it goes. I'm not saying you're going to get the same result because you're not going to play as depleted defense as Minnesota Vikings the rest of the year. You're going to play some more different. Yeah, you're going to play some more difficult defenses as you're, right. as you're going on in the schedule. But I just want to see some more effort as they put this Sunday into the passing tack and, you know, show a little more aggressiveness. You know, you're a bad football team with a bad record. Take some shots. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So, so I, I like that I like that they tried out some stuff today. So speaking of the oh, O-line, Tyler, I want to give a shout-out to Panay Sewell. So since week six, Sewell has been the second-best offense tackle in the NFL, uh, according, according to, to Football Focus. He's only behind Trent Williams, who's probably a Hall of Famer right now. Eight-time Pro Bowler, amazing, amazing. I don't know how many All Pros he has. Um, Trent Williams is just a beast. He's the best left tackle in all of football. And when you have a guy like Sewell, who's twenty-one years old, man, he's just scratching the surface. He's not where he's at yet. This is so damn exciting. Yeah. The, 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 this game in general was a very good game towards Brad Holmes' resume. Um, a lot of his his players played really well in this game uh starting off with a guy like you mentioned Panay Sewell just doing business versus Minnesota Levi Onzerike had a pretty solid game Ali McNeil had a pretty solid game got some praise from his head his head coach Dan Campbell and then I want to talk about some other guys Derek Barnes man he, he had a huge play in that two-point conversion getting a stop up the middle with Alexander Madison and then the UDFA Jerry Jacobs uh I, this is every week Jerry every week Jerry man he, he's showing up <laughs> Every week, dude. I mean, he is looking like a legitimate starter in the NFL, like a legitimate yeah. starter. And he's not a guy that I look at right now is just like he's just here because we have injuries or we're a bad football team. I think Jerry Jacobs is a guy that is going to legitimately compete for a starting quarterback spot. If it's not here, it's going to be somewhere else. Someone's going to use this guy if it's not going to be here. It's going to be here. It's going to. It's going to be here. It's going to be it here. Better, it better be here. If if we're not going to give him that opportunity, it's going to be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, because he's this be, guy. This this guy's a starting corner in the NFL. He's and he's getting better every. He make he's making plays that you like a rookie is not supposed to make. And he's getting better every week. His tackling is improving. His I believe he had great. two tackles for a loss. Um, yeah, on Jefferson. This on, on Jefferson, Jefferson I believe. Yeah. He's yeah. So this kid plays with a lot of confidence. He plays with swagger, and he actually plays with that chip on his shoulder. You see it, like you yeah. see it the way he plays. He's like, I was undrafted. I'm gonna put all these guys wrong. They should have drafted. Only... My only critique on every week, Jerry, is his number. Well, we got Gary that thirty-nine, brother. He said he's not getting rid of it. <sighs> he said he's not. He's not. Yeah. Oh, I so, mean, I respect uh... it. That's that's the number where he started with. You know, that's the number where he's at right now. I respect it, but 
I don't know, man. That 39 is disgusting. I like it. I think it actually looks good on him. I don't know. <laughs> like, you like 54. You like 54 Ali McNeil. That I is do, disgusting. Because it stands out, man. It's different. I don't have a problem with his numbers. I don't have a problem with really my do. corners in the 20 and 30s. I'm, I'm okay with that. When, this, when they get in the 40s. I, like, that's what I don't. <laughs> I don't bro, like 39? Hey, I'm fine with it, bro. I like that, bro. I don't know. Yeah, I like when you're a corner, corner wearing a 40s, bro. You remember a body? You remember a body that precinct was worth 46? Ugh, that, was, <laughs> that was that was terrible. That was Ugh. disgusting. Yeah, yeah, those, those are bad. But third 20s and 30s, uh, I'm okay with any numbers in the 20s and 30s. The 30s, I don't know, man. It's it, the 20s are, are I, and now that they allow single digits, it's like the 20s are the single digits now. For well, you gotta remember, an undrafted rookies, he was getting probably the last number available. Oh, 100%. But now he's got some he, he's got some credentials now. Jerry Jacob, every week Jerry's got some credentials now. He he has the power to switch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's a dog. I think Campbell called him a pit bull, basically. Yeah, he's, he's, he, yeah he called him a pit bull. That's what he alluded to. So, uh, That's a good way to describe him, a pit bull. Yeah. No, but like, going back to Brad Holmes, like this was a good game for his resume. I mean, his guys stood out. There is one more guy I want to talk about, and he's also an undrafted rookie, and the Lions liked him, but the Patriots signed him before the Lions did, or he chose the Patriots over the Lions, is Riley Patterson. Oh, yeah. This kid, yeah, kicker. That's good. Uh, That's good. 343, made a long of 49 yards. By the way, I saw all of his kicks. I just don't want to talk about something that I didn't see. I saw all of his kicks. This kid has a leg. It looked like the 49 yard. It could have been good from like 60. No joke. No, no, yeah. He I mean, has a leg, he's accurate, and it looks like he's kicking with confidence too, which is good to see in a young kicker. Yeah, they're That's all up the middle, all up the middle with uh, Riley Patterson. Yep. There wasn't there wasn't anything that was like almost upright, almost left, almost uh-huh. simple. It was right up the middle. And they put him in some big situations. They put some trust into him, and you know, it was some deep field goals. I believe the one, what was the deepest one? 40... 49. 49, yeah, it was, it was almost 50 yards. Uh yeah, I mean, they put some trust into him. Uh, they they got a little closer for him, So, th- but they put the trust into him. I I thought maybe they were going to play just for a first down or punt the ball, but they put trust to Riley Patterson that they're going to kick a field goal, and I was glad that they did. I want to see what he could do. I want Because that's something I've been talking about all year. I want to see a kicker. I just want to see a kicker kick a ball. In preseason, I asked for this. In the season, I asked for this. Well, outside of Ryan Santoso. But <laughs> like, I just want to see if we could get a kicker. And Riley Patterson, you know, he looked really good taking advantage of the opportunity with Austin Cyberout. I think we might have something with this kicker. I don't want to like get we want to see more, but I think we might have if we might have something in this guy. I think he may have a future here. He's continued obviously consistent. What's up? Let me ask a question. I mean, Austin Cyber, he was playing well too with us, um, but he's on IR. Do you think there's gonna be like a kicking competition in in training camp next year, or they just gonna you think they're gonna hand the keys to Patterson? It's possible, but if Patterson just like balls out for the rest of like the year, like if he just keeps making field goals, you know, occasionally you can miss one or two, it happens. But if he's consistent, he's making his field goals, he's making his extra points, he's accurate. I think it's his job. Kind of like remember how Jack Fox were just I was just saying it gives me Jack Fox Jack Fox vibes. Um yeah, like the way that we got him was from the Chiefs practice squad, and then we sent him to our practice squad, and we just kind of like had him on our practice squad, developed him for a little bit, and you guys all know about Jack Fox now. We had Jack, yeah. well, we had Jack Fox for like a whole year in our practice squad, right? Yeah, yeah. Because well, yeah. that's because we had Sam Martin. Yeah, we had Sam Martin. Then so, Sam Martin got hurt, and then they didn't want Jack Fox, and Fox kind of stole it. Well, no, it was. I don't think we just we didn't, we didn't want to pay Sam Martin. I yeah, think they, he, they didn't pay Sam Martin. He went to Denver, right? Yeah, but uh, did he also I, get hurt? Didn't he also get hurt? 
I think you're thinking of a different year. His contract, uh, maybe I am. His contract year, Jack Fox was on the practice squad, and he won the job in training camp for Aaron Sifos. Yeah. Who is oh, a punter right, right now, too. I'm thinking of someone else, yeah. Sifos right, is a punter right now the Eagles, too. He's a punter yeah. for the Eagles? Yeah, he's a yeah. punter for the oh, Eagles. Right yeah, former, yeah, former Auburn, uh, former rugby player. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Aaron Sipos, yeah. But yeah, Jack yeah. Fox won the won the competition. But no, I going back to Riley. I, I like Riley, man. I mean, he's he's making his kicks and they, they they've been efficient. They have like I said, they haven't been like, you know, like, oh that's close. They almost at the pole. Like they, they've been right down the middle. Like Pierre said, that 49 yarder, uh, yeah, that would have been good from 60. Like you know, I, I know you said you might be good. I, it would have been good from 60 for sure. I mean, they had a lot of like on it. Yeah. That's a good idea, man. So that, that's the case, man, and, and I'm happy, man, because that not having a kicker had me worried for a little bit. You know, when yeah. you go through the whole going back and forth to who's your kicker is it's not fun, man. Well, I don't want to say he's our guy yet because I want to see more consistency, but I like I what I see because you know with kickers you can see a guy like make five kicks and next week he'll miss like three kicks. Well, you know how it goes in the NFL. If you lose confidence in, you know, when you when you lose confidence as a kicker, it's you're done. so hard to it's so hard to regain you're it. You're pretty and, much and, done. And and you're going to be bouncing from team to team until you could prove you could kick again. Yep. And then if you if if you have like three opportunities and you can't kick it, you're done. Yeah. So it's a, t- it's a tough job. And you know what? I actually want to break something up regarding the game. I actually want to um talk a little bit more about Jared Goff, man. The way he played, the way he played on Sunday is what I thought we were gonna see when we signed him in off season. Trade um, as far as yeah, traded, yeah, traded when, when we traded for him in off season. He, you know, you just saw a guy with his confidence, and he was able to throw the ball over the field. He did have his mistakes, which I expected. You know, even him coming in, I expected him to make his mistakes, but I didn't expect him be him for him to be as bad as he was in the previous weeks. But the way he played on Sunday is what I expected from him. It was a good, it was good to see Jared Goff actually play. <laughs> up to expectations. Yeah, I mean Jared Goff yeah. is really good. He made some big passes in that game. Only, only thing is, I, I think we'd be talking about a whole different thing. Is and I, I'm glad we're not doing this. If that interception ended up being the the reason why we lost the game, that that that's that's going to be the headlines. That's the headlines or this week. Either that or the um Dan the, Campbell go for it. No, not that. Either that or delay a delay game. A game. The delay oh, that's, well, that's if he, that yeah, if we would have had converted on that and or got short, that would have been it. He and been those are those are, those him. are two crucial mistakes. Two crucial yeah. mistakes. I know you won the game, but those are two crucial mistakes that which could have lost you the game. I mean, that interception yeah. was was bonehead. That was terrible. It was no. really stupid. He had a wide receiver no. running right open. I think no. it was no. Amon Ross St. Brown. It was like Zaman a little Ross. like was it like was a drag route? Amon Ross had a drag route. Yeah. All green, all field. It was he would have gained at least twenty yards. I think it was a mesh concept. They call it two guys running, um, like sort of whatever like drag, opposite. mesh, yeah. rubber, whatever the fuck you want to call. Am it. Am I right? About that? Did I say yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I remember that play because I was literally so I did see it. I was watching, and then I will go back on Twitter to see like what the hell happened because they showed the pick. Like I'm in Rassing Brown is right there. No one's even on him. Like he would have had like five or maybe like ten more yards going down the field. He had at least twenty yards at the end of it. But at the end of the play, it would have been at least twenty yards. Yeah. yeah so he didn't even Jared Goff didn't even take his eyes he off. He just locked of, in. 
He didn't take his eyes off of Hawkinson. He he was locked in the whole time, and that's how the DB was able to read. He was you know he was reading Goff's eyes the whole, that yeah, whole play, it was, it was, it was and that's how he was able to just jump the jump the route and See, got the interception. Yeah. Stuff like that it just makes me like th- that's where I'm like, dude, this guy can't be a, like a franchise quarterback anywhere. Like I I know that's already been established, but yeah. like that, that those are like the decisions. Like I know he had he he made the big play and he led the drive, but just like stupid stuff like that. It's like. I, I can't trust this guy in big games, you know? Why do you think McVay got rid of him? McVay no, literally had to tell it, it, exactly. him who to throw it to, and if that wasn't there, throw it to this guy instead. He literally had to baby him. See, like, Goff, the, the problem with me is, like, I he doesn't adjust on the fly. It's like he has something that he's going to do pre, uh, you know, pre-snap, and he's he's sticking to that. He doesn't adjust, yeah. doesn't look at his reads, and that's what it is. And, and like, sometimes that's that's fine, right? But you, you have to adjust on the fly and see what's actually happening on the field. That Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, route should have not been missed. It was wide open. It's and a huge decision. Open. It really is. Yeah, I don't and TJ like, Hawkinson is triple covered. That was yeah. yeah, that was a bad throw. Um he, that, that I think he, in general. he goes through his progressions a little slow too, from what we've seen during the year. And it's, it's still a problem right now. And I think it's gonna be a problem in his career. See, um, yeah, no, it's already been proven. That's 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 Jared Goff. Yeah, so yeah, this is Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean. You get the good with the bad that this you live with it. Mostly the, bad, but we saw bad, some good. Yeah, this the week. bad just overdoes the good. <laughs> yeah, we saw some good this week, which is good. And another thing I want to say too is Campbell said they have to learn how to win. And I feel like they did that this game because like we said, they made those crucial mistakes at the end, mm-hmm. but they still won. Yeah. Yeah. And that builds confidence for the players too. They're learning how to win, right? After all this hard work, we talk about this, like they have a hard job. They practice a lot, they watch hella film. So they get tired of this, and losing isn't fun for anyone. So after you finally get that win, it doesn't matter if you're one win or five wins or ten wins. A win feels good. And you celebrate when you win, okay? I had a debate with someone on Twitter saying that wasn't embarrassing. It was not embarrassing. When you win, it doesn't matter what stage you are. Honestly, if you're in college, if you're in high school, if you're in the NBA, NFL, whatever sport you are, whenever you win, you celebrate. Even if it's just one win, you celebrate it. I just want to know. you work your ass off. I just want to know what's embarrassing about that. What's embarrassing about celebrating a win? Tyler, I don't know, man. Mike, I, Mike Valanti, whoever his damn name is from the the ticket. I don't, I don't care about him. I don't care about him. I'm just this is much he's more the than one, him. He, he's the one that's bringing it up and it's more than embarrassing. Him, I, and then and then now the his listeners are like, yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, he's right. But it, it's it's more yeah, than him. Right. I, I've I've seen it all around. It's not just him. I've seen it like just the NFL universe. NFL universe. I understand, like. It, it, this shouldn't be looked at as something like significant where you want a football game. I understand that, but to celebrate a win, I, I don't see a problem with that. What, what, I think also it? when it's like a first regime's win too, it makes them more special. It's Campbell's first one as a coach. I mean, you saw Campbell. You guys saw Holmes and Campbell's video. If you didn't go check it out, it's on Lions.com. Holmes is celebrating. Campbell picked up Sheila Ford. <laughs> that was hilarious. The players are oh, dancing man. to some music. I mean, it was all around like a feel good like vid like saying all right you finally are seeing there and they're all bought in still like there was people had some questions potentially about players not buying in we didn't see that everyone was excited in the locker room everyone was humped everyone was piped yeah no i mean take it away from dan campbell take it away from the coaches the the general manager take it around take it away from anyone the players just the players a lot of these guys that was their first one in the nfl look how young this roster is a lot of those guys that was their first win in the nfl that was their yeah. first, and I'm not saying what that win means. That this rebuild is now going in a great direction. I'm not saying that, but they got over that little hump that they need to get over. 
it took damn near long, way too long that it had to take, but they got over it, and it happened this year. If it didn't happen this year, that would have been a little bit of a problem. Now that they got that little, you know, got that that went over, and they got over that little hump, now you they know what it feels like. Now they know what winning feels like. I know what people are going to say. I said this yesterday. I know what people are going to say when I say that. When they know what winning feels like, they don't know what winning feels like. They're a one win team. They don't know what winning feels like. I'm talking about just winning a damn football game. They got over that <laughs> hump. They know what a winning a football game feels like in the NFL. They know when they put all that work into a, a game plan and it actually works what it feels like now. They got over that hump, and they're going to want to feel like that a lot more often now. Yeah, and they also saw when they don't make a lot of mistakes during the game what happens too. So Campbell was preaching that, but they didn't really see that. But now they see that. like The, the penalties were reduced. I believe um, only one turnover, right? Which is not bad, but you try to want to avoid that. Or was it two turnovers? It was. The it strip, was two. The strip fumble. Well, the strip side was basically like a turnover on downs. Yeah, so it I don't. I don't know if I want to really count that as a turnover. It it's technically two turnovers, but yeah. You know what I mean? So they 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 played more disciplined, which we talked about had to happen. They um, they actually were clutch during the game. They closed out a game. We talked about this. Earlier in the year, there was a lot of miscommunications on the defense with the secondary, and I feel like that's starting to go away a little. We saw it a little last week, but this week, did we see it? I didn't see it in the second half. I don't know if it happened in the first half. You guys could be a judge of that. Was there miscommunications in the first half in the secondary? I don't no, know if there's anything no, obvious no. that we can know. The defense okay. played really well in the, in the first half. I can tell you that. They held them so, to six goddamn points. There's another positive. And me and Malcolm talked about someone needs to step up on the pass rush. Their their, their O-line is trash. And as we saw, we talked about Charles Harris on Wednesday. We're like, this kid needs to show up somehow. And he did. He had, I believe, two sacks, a few pressures, and some QB Multiple hits, pressures. right? Multiple pressures. So um, it's like feels like everything we talked about on Wednesday, the Lions did. They got rid of the penalties. They created the play-action game. And um, they were aggressive. We, we talked about that. They had to be aggressive, and they were. They didn't always, like, kind of um, – unfortunately, they didn't always convert when they were aggressive, but they were aggressive. So you're starting to see, like, the mistakes not being as – how do I say that? Not being as like crucial, right? And they're not repeating. They're they're starting to get rid of the stuff that helped, like that they lost games at the beginning of the year. So no, I, that's nice to see. With this game in specific, I'm not saying this thing is going to work this regime, but you, you see the direction that they're trying to build off of, and yes. it, it shows that there could be something there. Because I, I'm going to be straight up with you, like like watching that Bears game. Watching that Steelers game, watching that Browns game, I'm like, what are we doing, dude? I, I was just – I was genuinely lost with what we were doing on offense especially. And just Dan Campbell, I'm like, dude, this doesn't even look like an NFL team right now, especially offensive. I'm not saying defensively. Everything I'm talking about is offensive right now and just coaching-wise. This didn't look like an NFL offense. It was embarrassing, honestly. And one of them was on national TV. It was embarrassing. Today or on Sunday, you saw some type of direction of what they're trying to do. And I can get behind that. It, it gives me more confidence. It's like, okay, like what if we get these players and what can we do with them now? Now that I can see Jared or now that I see Dan Campbell, you know, has the, the ability to draw up some deep plays and get his guys open. Not that I think Dan Campbell's the answer uh, long-term as a play caller, but just in general, it, like I, I see what the direction that he's trying to build. So you know, that gives me a little more confidence. So when I said a win 
means everything to the players and the coaching staff and everything. I meant the fans as well because it gives them more confidence as well of what they're doing going forward. Yeah, and another thing is I didn't see it, but I saw that the Lions scored a field goal like before that happened and right before that happened it. That was right? the Riley Patterson. So here's the thing. Um, I did see like the the highlight of it, but I don't know like the timing of it. So so here's the thing with that. Um, we talked about Campbell's time management too. We talked about how we screwed up. I think it was the Cleveland game, right? And then the half they had zero points out of it. Or was it the Pittsburgh game? I forgot which game it was. One of the games they were driving down the field, and then the, the clock hit zero, and it was sorry, time sorry, Riley Patterson, forty-one yarder was the end of half. Forty-one yarder. Okay, yeah. So it was it was awful game management, uh, time management. I'm sorry. It was I forgot which game it was. I think it was the Pittsburgh or Cleveland game. But this week we saw they actually got points out of it. They didn't go to the half, not scoring zero. So again, we're starting to see improvement, which is what you want to see with a young coaching staff and a young roster. And Tyler said to you, the young players are improving. That's huge, man. That That's what a real is supposed to look like. Coaching improving and the players improving. I, I was surprised Minnesota went for it because it was like fourth. And, let me see the exact play. It was, yeah, it was fourth and 10. It was fourth and 10. They went for it on midfield. And I, yeah, I was shocked. I thought they were just going to punt it. The Lions were probably just going to kneel the ball and go to the halftime. That's what I thought was going to uh, happen. But they went for it on fourth down in the midfield and, they missed it, uh, and then the Lions, yeah, they, they got a field goal range for Riley Patterson, kicked the game, or not game winning, but a field goal to go to the half. That's a positive because, like, during the earlier in the year, they, they would go down there, and they would score no points. They would run out of time, or they'd run out of time outside. Yeah, they, they, score they, no they, points. They, they took advantage of a stupid play call from the other opposing team. They took advantage Which, of something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which yeah. we haven't were doing. We weren't, we weren't doing that. Right. We we weren't taking advantage of errors. And that's something we could talk about on a different day. And if this is a Minnesota Vikings pocket f- podcast, I'm interested to hear our, our, our guy, Matthew Collar, what he's got to say about this game because this was a terribly coached game by Mike Zimmer. Terribly coached game. I, know I saw doing. that he only blitzed twice. Now I was surprised because he's known for his double A yeah. gap blitzing, especially against us. I know he doesn't they, have Kendricks and Barr. Yeah, they, they mentioned that in the broadcast a lot without they Kendricks did. And Barr. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but. Man, that that's a rough one in Minnesota to lose that game and the way that they lost that game. That's... I believe also I read, I think it was actually Matthew Collard who wrote it. Um, it was when Goff was blitzed, he was two for five with 36 yards and one pick. And that's they only blitzed him, they only blitzed yeah. them, but they blitzed him five times. See, that's the thing with yeah. Zimmer. Why don't you blitz him more? I mean, no, I'm not, uh, if I'm a Vikings fan, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, especially in that last drive, man, they were giving Jared Goff all day in the pocket. All day in the pocket. It was those three man rushes the whole drive. Yeah, that, that was that was. You guys know how I feel about three man rushes, and well, I mean, it, well, it favored us this time. <laughs> yeah, it, it really favors us this time. I think it mostly favors the offense because the quarterback has all day to throw. Yeah, all day in the pocket. Open. Someone's yeah. going to be open. You're going to dink and doink. You dink your doink your way all the way downfield. And you're going to dink and doink king. It's too. We talked about the Lions last week leaving a big ass cushion. This mm-hmm. week, Minnesota left a bigger question. I was surprised. It was fourth and two. Yeah. And they left like, I yeah. can't, if you, you guys can't see what I'm doing, but with my arms, I'm showing like a really big cushion. So, yeah. No, oh, I mean, as a Vikings fan, you got to be pissed right now. Yes. About, you got the whole coaching staff. I mean, that that's a rough way to go. But I, I think, I, I think it's pretty much Zimmer's time to go. Like, just, yeah, if they don't make the playoffs, which uh, with losing that game, that that's it's going to be tough to rebound and make the playoffs. But um, 
if they don't make the playoffs, yeah, I think I think Zimmer's done and that coaching staff's done. It should be done yeah. at least. It just they're looks like ex- it's yeah. They're an explosive offense, but man, their defense when they're injured, they're just awful. And they had opportunities to take advantage of in they this did. game as far as they the did. defense. They they could have blitzed Jared Goff more because we we know Jared Goff very well when he's blitzed. He panics and makes stupid decisions. He spins his way into a sack most of the time. Spins his way to a sack, throws an interception, fumble. <laughs> throws the way on fourth down. <laughs> every worst outcome you could think of, that's usually what happens when Jared Goff is blitz. No, that, 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 that's another trait why this guy cannot be a franchise quarterback. So something funny, Tyler, I tweeted out, let's see if Goff is clutch. And I wasn't doing it as a joke. I was actually being serious. Like, let's see if Goff could clutch this. And I got like a bunch of like, LOL, this is not going to happen, LMAO, whatever. Like, I got a bunch of like texts like that. And then – he actually goes down and marches down the field and scores. That that was yeah, impressive, I, man, with Jared Goff. Cause yeah. he needed it, man. The team <laughs> needed it. And his confidence, I mean, his confidence is probably a lot higher now than it was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. A lot a lot more confidence in those receivers and then just in himself for sure. I tweeted the same thing. Like I wasn't even joking. I was like, this is Goff's time to prove something if he if he could do anything here. And yeah, you know, he did. He got the game-winning touchdown, won the game. Yep, he did, man. All right, let's do the oopsie-doopsie and baller of the week. Here, honor is yours, baby. Baller of the week, who balled out? All right, so I didn't watch the first half, so I'm not really going to get into the first half. My baller of the week was Jared Goff, just because he did in that last drive. And most of the game, like I looked at his stats. I don't watch the whole game, but I looked at his stats. He was efficient. He was making the right throws, and I saw some of his highlights. That pass to J.J. Hawkinson, I believe, was in the first quarter. That was an impressive pass. The touchdown pass to Brock Wright was pretty impressive. I mean, just like a real, like some two really nice throws that you don't really see Jared Goff make or have the confidence to make, and he made them during this game. And then that last drive, marching on the field, and then fourth and two, you you, you get a touchdown, right? So that that was huge, man. That was awesome to see. So, yeah, guys, I can't believe I'm saying this. My ball is Jared Goff. Jared Goff, let's go, man. Give me those sirens. Give me those sirens. Can I give an honorary uh, ball of the week? Um, yeah, um, if you're gonna go with Charles Harris, I mean, no, 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 it's not a player, it's a, it's actually the whole Lions organization. I just want to give them applause for how they handled the Oxford high school situation. I thought they did a yes. great job honoring the high school. Um, it, it was a, it was a great moment. Dan Campbell and his whole coaching staff wearing the Oxford football hats. Uh, just the great honor of the tragic events that happened earlier in this week. And just to cap it off with the win for Oxford high school, um, just an amazing way. Fairy tale. Uh, God's word. God was with the lions. God was with Michigan sports this week. I want something Oxford thing. This is weird. So in the Baylor in Oklahoma state, number 42 made the game winning tackle, right? Mm-hmm. That's obviously for context. That's Tate Meyer, the kid that tragically. That's his number. Okay. The Michigan versus Iowa game. Michigan scored 42 points. The last play of the game was fourth and two. The Lions scored a touchdown on that play. That's just okay. When you really think about that, I I don't know how to say it, but I think God works in mysterious ways. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Yeah, so the, the, the big baller of the week to just the whole organization of how they handled the situation. Absolutely. Um, it, it was a great um, honor for the high school of a, a tragic event that should have never happened. We talked about that already, but yeah, uh, just want to give a shot to the Detroit Lions for how they handled it and 
yeah. So shout out to Dan Campbell. Shout out to everyone involved in that situation. And Malcolm, you want some honorary uh, baller of the week? I'll give you two of them. They're players. Charles Harris. I didn't watch the full game, but man, I saw his stat line. I was like, this this guy balled out for sure. And then uh, I'm in Ross St. Brown. He had a coming out party. He played like we, we we wanted him to play, and he looks like he's getting more comfortable in the offense. Absolutely. So those are my two honoraries baller of the week. Let's go. Absolutely. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. All right. Um, you guys are you guys are gonna be disappointed with this answer. I'm canceling Oopsie Doopsie the week this week. Nobody gets okay. it. Okay. I like that. Nobody, no nobody deserves it. They won the football game as a team. No one cost the game. They they won as a football team. I'm I, I'm canceling Oopsie Doopsie the week. Nobody's getting it. I just loved everything about this game. I loved everything about how they handled the situation with the Oxford High School. Love how they handled the game itself. And they won the football game. The segment's canceled. If you want to give it to someone, give it to Mike Zimmer. I'm not giving it to anyone. In the I'm not giving hey, it to anyone. Vikings fans agree with you, man. Me and Malcolm mm, yesterday dude. were talking to like a depressed Skull. Vikings fan on Twitter spaces. And man, she was so depressed. Like we were Skull. we were trolling her. And she's like, guys, I hate Zimmer. I want to fight her. And then we, we just kept trolling her. And she's like, guys, I hate Zimmer. And then she left. I, Malcolm. That girl, I mean, you could tell she was she was hurt, she was man. It seems like she was stabbed in the heart or something. She was she was hurt. The funniest thing, and this is for our listeners, if you want to laugh, I want you to go on Twitter. If you you know if you have Twitter, go on Twitter, and if you go to the Minnesota Vikings um, Twitter account, and if you go to the them, I guess it was the the last post of them the final score, the yeah. final score, and just go through those those tweets. I, I guarantee you, hundred <laughs> percent, you're gonna laugh. <laughs> they were ripping everybody, everybody. Man, it was hilarious. It was, I, I got a kick out of it. So if we're gonna give it to anybody, Mike Zimmer's getting the honors. Yeah, Malcolm, the Lions fans too. Their trolling was hilarious. I mean, it was all around funny. I was just Malcolm sent me the thread, and I was just dying laughing reading. It these. was hilarious, man. Well, it was more than just Lions fans. I mean, the whole NFL universe was behind the Lions this week. They, everyone wanted to see this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So. Man, those, those those posts and videos and stuff. Oh man, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, Twitter, Twitter's a uh, Twitter's could, an interesting place. It, could it be is. Brutal. It could be brutal. It, for it, you. Could. it could. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's an interesting place, but it's a place that I'm addicted to. So, but you know, it's it's a it's an interesting place. Yeah, but. Okay, I think that with that all being said, I think that's all I got for you guys today. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed your Victory Monday, the first one of the year. First one in almost 365 days. This one feels good. You got the monkey off your back, Dan Campbell. You got the monkey off your back, Detroit Lions in general. Let's see what you can do the rest of the way. And we'll be back later this week to preview the Denver Broncos. So we'll be playing in Denver this week and so look out for that episode later this week. Again, prayers, thoughts are at Oxford High School of the tragic events that happened this week or last week. Sorry, um, my, my thoughts and prayers are out with them. And I'm very happy that the Lions in Michigan were able to honor that high school with a win this week. And that, that how both teams honor them with the pregame and postgame jerseys, etc. Um, big kudos to the organizations and my thoughts and prayers with, uh, with Oxford again. So I'm out, guys. Peace. Yeah, like Tyler said, we're still thinking about uh, 
Oxford, the community Oxford, and everyone in that community. Um, also, man, Michigan won. I'm, I was fired up about that. I'm a diehard Michigan fan, so I was fired up about that. The Lions won. It was a great weekend. And like Tyler said, leave a five-star review on all your favorite listening platforms. I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, man. And you know what? I hope everybody had a great victory Monday. Let's see if we get another victory Monday next week against those Denver Broncos. And with that being said, man, I am out. Peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.